0: Episode 53 The one where
1: I fought the law and the law won The Video Podcast Christian news from around the globe In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth It is
0: the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter.
1: Explore the vast reaches of God's word.
0: Hello, all you Theonamatons out there.
1: How you doing?
0: I'm David Gaddy. I'm Jeremiah Orr. And together we are the 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 Theonats. Hey, David. Hey, again. Yeah, we can do
1: this over again. Wow. You know, this time it's going to be better. Better, faster, 2.0. Stronger. That's right. We can rebuild this. Exactly. (laughs) We have the technology. (laughs) So, uh how's your week? So
0: yeah, okay, well first off oh, our yeah, our right. our mics were all messed up. Or at least Jeremiah's was. Yeah. And he didn't want to have to scream. He
1: didn't want to record me for some reason. And then
0: <laughs> once we stopped recording our actual recording of this We broke Ustream. your stream stopped working. So if you're <laughs> if you tried to tune in there and you had a blue screen that said our servers are encountering a temporary error, you can thank the Theonauts. That's right. For busting it. Sorry. Oh well. Oh
1: well, that's the way it so, goes. Uh, yeah. Other than that.
0: So anyway, how's your week? My week's been pretty good. Yeah. Um, Haven't done um, too awful lot. We had um, um, visited my my uh, grandson,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, that was a, that was a blast. I
1: saw a post about you uh, feeding him lemon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome.
0: Yeah, he was like, apparently he likes it. Really? Yeah, he just he gives you that horrible sour face every yeah. time he takes a bite, but then he goes right back after it again. It's really cool. So, uh, yeah, we did that. That's and, um, neat. And uh, O'Reilly gave me a good gift yeah. here. He brought it back from Baylor with him. This is the Westminster uh, Confession of Faith. It's an 1874 printing. Looks beautiful. Yeah, it's in great condition. In fact, I'm going to read out of it. In today's episode. Really?
1: Yeah. Dude, I'm super excited about that. I love the Westminster Confession. Yeah. It's one of my favorite, especially when I was a young Calvinist. Yes. (laughs) The Westminster Confession. Yeah. Anyways, so uh, my week's been good. Good. Mostly. Uh, Let's see. Five years at our church, Christine and I have been. Uh, It's amazing how... How times change. Uh, look, I look at our church five years ago and I look at it now and we're totally different, which is awesome and, mm. and uh, God's moving and it's been wonderful. So uh awesome. the church uh, uh gave us a nice send off and or send off. Send off. See ya. <laughs> see ya. It's been five years. Thanks. Gave us a nice Get out of here. nod and said thanks for being here for five years. It was really sweet. Oh, so, that's nice. yeah, they're awesome. And uh let's see. Um had some tragedy hit a little bit uh, close to home. We had a wreck yesterday, and so I've been dealing with some uh, mm. some deaths in the church. And so y'all pray for me if you would. That's yeah. It's never fun, but uh, uh, other than that, it's, it's yeah. Been a pretty that's good that's week. that's always tough. Yeah, so. I'm looking forward to Comic Con. <laughs> yeah, like at the end of this month, every yeah every day we're getting closer, <laughs> and I'm just like Stanley, Stanley. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm kind of bummed. I'm not going to be there. Yeah. I got uh, I got a wedding to officiate that weekend.
1: <laughs> Dadgum weddings. I know. I'm
0: just getting I'm getting <laughs> inundated with this. You know, uh, two weeks ago, and I didn't mention this last in our last show, but yeah. two weeks ago, I officiated a wedding. That was an interesting uh, wedding. Uh, it was a young local man here yeah. that I've known since he was, you know, squirt. Great kid. And uh, yeah, and he, and he married a um, a. a uh, a Chinese lady yeah. that that he met over here. And of course her family's in China and we actually had a little small ceremony here about six, eight months ago right? where they, you know, legally got married and then, uh, but her parents couldn't be here. So right. whenever her parents came down, we had this huge blowout, uh, ceremony. Awesome. So it was, it was really nice. It was, uh, at a big chapel down in, um, um, Fort Worth, Dallas. No, right outside of Denton and Corinth. Oh really? Yeah. But it's a, it was a really nice like it's tucked back into the woods and it's all glass on the inside. Oh wow. So of course it was storming. But uh, Oh wow, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was really cool. And, That'd have been uh,
1: fun to see through the glass though, the storm. And, and it was
0: neat to see the the um, the the different cultures come together yeah like that. Because they don't do weddings like we do in China. Right. And so it was you know, a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and right. it was it was really
1: cool. Well, have you heard about the McDonald's weddings in China?
0: McDonald's I guess, weddings.
1: I guess McDonald's for like a hundred bucks or something will throw you a wedding in China. Uh huh. Literal or is it Japan? <laughs> it's one of the one of the two Asian nations. I can't remember which one, but seriously, they make a cake out of Big Macs and like. And uh, they have a wedding for you It's a big wedding oh, A Oh, Cake out of Big Mac. Yeah I'm not even kidding you <laughs> I'll watch it be, on one of those That's gotta be the shows. worst
0: thing in the world for you <laughs> Hey you know it's like <laughs> Winning room Slash me Slash me off of that Big Mac Yeah that's
1: right I'll take <laughs> Take two pieces <laughs> The server's dressed up like clowns You know I think there is a Ronald McDonald that comes and Maybe it's the officiator That'd be hilarious Wow Anyways That'd be so creepy <laughs> It would be, do you take your Yeah, I yeah. can't imagine. Or the burglar, like, uh, what's his name? Yeah, the, bur- yeah, the, the hamburger. The Hamburglar. Yeah. <laughs> Gr- or the big Grimace. One. Gr- <laughs> Grimace. Okay, now wait a minute. <laughs> Who... What kind of marketing?
0: You know that marketing team that came up with those characters? Oh, because that know. was back in the what '60s or '70s. They had
1: been. They
0: must have been hired, a kite, ripping on something. It's like, yeah, we're going to create this big purple blobby looking guy, <laughs> and guess what? We're going to call him Grimace. Grimace.
1: <laughs>
0: what? It's we're like, selling hamburgers.
1: Like, we're, you don't want people grimacing. Yeah. We're like, <laughs> hey man, what happened to my hamburger? It's like the hamburger stole it. <laughs>
0: Grimaces on the grill. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Anyways, we digress. So, uh, you okay. want some news? Yes. And now, the news. <laughs> well, uh, Mark Driscoll preached last Sunday. Did he? At He's Mars back Hill? At it. No, not oh. Mars Marce Hill. Mars Hill is... They kicked him out. Yeah, it kind of dissolved. Actually, Mars Hill, the whole... Oh, it imploded. Yeah, it imploded. It's It's gone now. Uh, I I think the local churches probably even kept their name, maybe, mm-hmm. and, and just decide what to do, either to close or to let somebody else take over or whatever. Right. But uh, Mark Driscoll has been kind of out on his own. He he started a website just a little bit ago called markdriscoll.org, dot org, where you can get a lot of his sermons and stuff, Bible studies. Anyway, so uh, a church in Seattle, um, Gold Creek Community Church at Mill Creek near Seattle, uh, invited him to preach, and he came and uh, and preached. They gave him a standing ovation. Uh, the pastor was really warm. He's been struggling a little bit, but um, uh, they. Uh, I guess it was a good service. The only the only problem is is people went and protested it. Nice. Yeah, across the street, uh, the Theos guys. Uh, decided that they needed to... The to Theos make, guys. Yeah, I think it's called Theos, T-H-E-O-S. It's a, I thought it was a bunch of Theonauts. No, they're not Theonauts, <laughs> but it's an online community. <laughs> is it kind of it kinda like uh, Westboro? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Well, these guys think that they're, uh, I don't know. The Theonomists. Yeah. Uh, the uh, They passed out a leaflet uh, that was entitled Mark Driscoll Unfit for Any Pulpit. It said, we believe restoration is possible, and we pray regularly for Mark. <laughs> Putting Mark back in the pulpit as a leader of the church now is not biblical. It is neither loving to him or those not whom he is not...
0: What are, where are they getting that?
1: Reconciled. They have no base for that. There's this. no basis for that? None. They just don't like Mark Driscoll, So All things are lawful. Not all things are expedient. Exactly. <laughs> Disgusting. So... Uh, um." <laughs> He is Kellogg wrote, this is the, the, the pastor Kellogg, he, he is not their pastor. He has not committed the unfor- <laughs> unforgivable sin. Uh, they are angry and unforgiving. I wish they would take the time to hold signs that protest the Christians uh, that kill uh, Christians killed in Iraq, Syria, Egypt, and Nigeria. In other words, focus on other things. But they'll focus on Mark, the wonderful world we live in. Gives us the freedom of speech. Thank God for this freedom of expression. Yeah. So uh, you know it's just unbelievable, but that's uh So that's going on. But I'm 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 excited that he brought back up his a website so you can get his sermons because I'm telling you, man, I yeah he did some good
0: stuff. Well, he's been on YouTube though. Yeah. I mean, a lot of his sermons were on YouTube.
1: Right. I've I've gleaned a lot from him. his book called Doctrine. Um, it's entitled Doctor, and underneath it says, What Christians Should Believe. <laughs> it's really cool. I, I like that book. It's it's pretty awesome, uh, you know, and I'm not, like, 100% on it, but it's really helped put theology in plain language for for me to teach it. So, yeah. uh, anyways, I just I hope good things for Pastor Mark and can't believe they're protesting him. All right, um, so the IMB. That's the, for you non-Southern Baptists, the International Mission Board. No idea what you're talking about. <laughs> we Southern Baptists pride ourselves. No, I'm joking. Okay, so... Yeah, I, hey, you use the word pride, not Yeah, me. exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for those who don't know what the IMB is, the International Mission Board is the, the largest uh, international missions group in the... In- in the United States, they, they send out more than any other. Um, it's a huge uh, group, and it's under the Southern Baptist National Nation. The president is uh, David Platt. Uh, I oh, don't okay. for David Platt, but yeah, radical, uh, radical, exactly. Now David Platt has brought in some really radical ideas, and he's kind of revolutionizing. And I'm really excited about this. This is from Christianity Today. And so the Baptists keep him; they don't kick him out. They keep him. Uh, and, and not only that, but they changed their rules uh, <laughs> through him. So it's awesome. This is from Christianity Today, internet, and this is their headline: International Mission Board drops ban on speaking in tongues. They used to ban anybody from being a missionary if they spoke in tongues, sort of quote unquote. Wow. Um, and I'll just read that for more than a decade, the Southern Baptist Convention International Mission Board disqualified candidates who spoke in tongues or who had been baptized in churches that disagreed with the convention's view of baptism. Similar rules barred divorced people or those with teenagers from being missionaries. This changed Wednesday when the IMB trustees and the prompting of their new president, David Platt, approved a new simplified set of rules in the agency of more than 4,800 missionaries. So I applaud Mr. Platt for what he's doing. Um, It's all for unity, and uh, I'm really excited about this. One of the things that they were were big on is the view of... uh, if you lose your salvation, or if you believe you can lose your right, salvation, right. you're not. And, uh, and and then letting them in now, too, uh, people that, that have that view. Uh, mm-hmm. So they've changed um, their rules to missionary candidates must affirm the doctrines found in the Baptist faith and message statement of beliefs, be baptized by immersion, be a member of a SBC church, demonstrated. Uh, so, so the Pre- Presby's were out, huh? Relationship with Christ Well, yeah, they have to be I so, mean, we, so it's not all-inclusive all No, it's a Southern Baptist thing Yeah, But what they're doing is they're actually Allowing people in who say Who might believe that they have a, a prayer language Or you know, might yeah. believe that speaking in tongues is possible Which actually David Platt believes that speaking in tongues is possible And uh, um, believes in all the full gifts of the Spirit And so, uh, in other words, he's not a cessationist If you don't know what that term is Flip back about 10 episodes or so. We talked about that. We got an episode on that. We do, somewhere. But anyways. (laughs) Where
0: Jeremiah just tore into cessationists.
1: that's right. (laughs) Anyways, so uh, I'm just really excited about that. Because that hits close to home for me. That's a a neat thing. So um, um, way to go, David Platt. Be a champion for the cause. Um, Let's see. uh, I got one more... uh, Pretty interesting story. Theology, and this is the headline, Theology Feud pits half of town's Protestant churches against each other. <laughs> okay. Eight churches, <clears throat> including Baptist, Lutheran, Presby, non-denominational congregations in Fountain Hills, have teamed up for a campaign of public banners and sermons aimed at the theology of a nearby Methodist church. Wow. Wow. Their sermon, progressive Christianity, factor fission, factor fish fiction, fission, 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 <laughs> fission, yeah, fact or fiction. <laughs> how now, brown cow? Was launched with an op op ed and half page advertisement in the local newspaper, promoted with banners in, at the eight churches involved. Uh, one described as a landmark city uh, series and an unprecedented step that demonstrates. In a very real way, the unity, of the body of Christ, and fountain, uh, found, uh, fountain Hills. Another stated, Imagine Baptists united with Lutherans, working side by side with Presbyterians, all <laughs> while holding the raised hands of charismatics. I love that. <laughs> wow. <hilarious. laughs> so I guess what's basically happening is this progressive Christianity thing. Uh, the Methodist pastor here at this church is. Uh, big on the LGBT uh, mm-hmm. rights, he's 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 campaigning for that. He uh, attended a mosque and and basically he's rejecting the doctrines of the virgin birth and all these other things. And so, wow, these other churches are teamed up against <clears throat> this one. And uh, I don't know, it's just weird to me. I, it's crazy that that we're at this this point. Yeah, how do you but even get to there? I don't know. <laughs> That's weird. It's interesting. Uh, but, I mean, they're they're pretty bold on it. His hypocrisy is clear for all to see. So, you can go check that out at uh, Christianity Today. I'm not going to make any comments on that at all. But uh, <laughs> other than it's pretty interesting that, that people are touting that uh, they should, you know, go protest to... A... Nail him. Yeah, that's right. Whatever. All right. The Methodist Mosque. The Methodist Mosque. I have one thing for... Uh, you know, oh, do you? Brothers and sisters come together. Hallelujah. The Pope is here. So uh Jude Law. Okay. Is, the actor. Yes, he's gonna be the young pope. The young pope?
0: Yeah. Oh, so we have an old Anna young
1: I mean an old Anna, young pope. That's right, we're indoctrinating a young pope for you know the the teenagers in the hip community. <laughs> The withits and the you know, Generation Xers. Yeah, he's no, I'm he's joking. the Pope with the tats. That's right, <laughs> and he's Jude Law. Pretty cool. No, uh, according to Deadline, Jude Law has signed on to star in an upcoming miniseries from HBO called "The Young Pope." Law will play a new Pope who is compassionate for the poor, yet finds with himself uh, finds with himself conflicted about the Vatican's authority. <clears throat> Uh, from a series created by Palio Soriento on what the show's about. It's pretty interesting. So uh, it's kinda weird. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. <laughs> I mean, I imagine this is going to take along the lines of uh, the Leftovers series. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Do you still watch that? No. Did you give up on no, that? No, I gave up on it way early on. <laughs> I did too. It was horrible. I know. Terrible. <laughs> I don't even know if that's still going on anymore. I don't know. Either. I imagine it quit. But uh, So, anyways, Jude Law is going to be a young pope. Now, I don't know. I'm thinking, I'm trying to think back in history, but I can't imagine a pope that's as young as Jude Law was. No.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. I don't know how old Jude Law is. He's about my age. I think he's, he's in his,
1: his 30s. You think so? Yeah. I was thinking he was in his 40s. I don't know. He looks a lot younger to me, but. Oh, I mean, not that you look old. Yeah. I, okay. I mean, you look so go, handsome. Go ahead. And, oh, uh, go ahead. You know, this Friday you won't be <laughs> turning 45 or anything, but, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> it's okay, dude. Uh,
0: oh, yeah. I've, I'm secure in my age. Good. You look healthy for your age. I just want to put that out. All right, anyways. uh, (laughs) You make 45 sounds so old. (laughs)
1: Well, you know, whatever. (laughs) All right. Is that all all you got? Let me out of here. That's all I got.
0: (laughs) Theo Trivia.
1: Time once again for Theo Trivia. Or, as I like to call it, David stomping a hole in Jeremiah right now. I am now. only one
0: category ahead of you. Yeah, yeah. You're on history and
1: geography, and I am on prophecy. That's right. Uh, this is my chance to pull ahead of you, though. Yes, because
0: prophecy questions are the wackadoo ones.
1: Yeah, this is a real weird question. <laughs> Oh, wait, that's not a question. That's the answer.
0: (laughs) This isn't Jeopardy.
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, this is still a weird. Even though we got the Jeopardy theme song going on. You're going to get this, though. All right, you ready for the first one? All right, lay it on me. What is the grammatical difference between the words prophecy and prophesy? Oops, that's not the right button.
0: (laughs) Feeling pretty confident about ourselves, are we now? one's a verb one's a noun yes
1: <laughs> wow you're welcome
0: okay yes thank you for that one <laughs> all
1: right okay my turn
0: you are on history and geography yes correct okay your question who wrote lamentations <laughs> really is that my question that is your question <laughs>
1: You can stop that <laughs> Me Jeremiah <Yeah. laughs> Yes Jeremiah did write that one Yeah he had a lot to lament about okay, Dirty so underwear We, we had a terrible, couple of gimmies there. there Yeah that, that was a gimme Okay Oh my gosh Wait you Oh wait a minute
0: I'm on names
1: Yeah and you've done this one before
0: Oh okay we'll toss it
1: Yeah I, I'm sure you have Okay um, Okay who made the first ritual sacrifice in the Bible?
0: Okay. I'm going I'm going to I'm going to spin this one up because I think I'm right and I bet the card is wrong. Okay? All right. I'm going to say God. Oh. <laughs> because in the Garden of Eden,
1: Whoa. whenever
0: he clothed Adam and Eve, he sacrificed. He had to sacrifice an animal and blood was spilled for their sins. Right. That is a sacrificial offer. That's good. Now, what do you think the card's going to say? I think it's going to say um, Abel. No. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay, what's it saying?
1: Noah. I, Noah? It says Noah. I'm not kidding you.
0: So they don't consider Cain
1: and Abel's sacrifice to sacrificial. be sacrificial. Sacrificial. Who made the first ritual, ritual, sacrificial, no, ritual sacrifice. So I guess ritual. it was a ritualistic thing. Well, Abel's was a blood sacrifice. That's a ritual.
0: I don't get that one. Okay.
1: I, you know what? I, I protest. I protest. I protest that too. That's not a good <laughs> Where do we get these Okay, things? so right.
0: you're moving on. to to your own prophecy prophecy
1: okay i predict
0: how's your revelation
1: knowledge Knowledge very good (laughs) i i uh man i'm horrible with revelation (laughs) just because i don't even want to get into it
0: but okay okay this question says what did god promise the church in philadelphia in the book of revelation
1: One of the seven churches. Yes, that's correct. And uh, was it Philippi that was uh, lukewarm? I can't remember. I'm struggling. (laughs) I will
0: tell you that was not Philadelphia.
1: Okay. Uh, I don't know. He promised that he would destroy them. I'm just going to guess. What? Look. look. <laughs> <laughs>
0: he, he promised to keep them from the hour of temptation. Oh. In Revelation 3, well, verse sweet. 10. Well, Philadelphia was the only church in that little group that didn't yeah, have something to... good said about it. Right. I mean, didn't have something bad said, said about
1: it. it. Yeah. So everyone, not... everyone
0: thinks they are the church of Philadelphia. <laughs> no one wants to be Laodicea. Right. Or Right. Or,
1: okay. I'm you Or know, Sardis or I've you know, I gotta I gotta restudy that. I I'm, I'm not proficient.
0: <laughs> so we're talking about Law. <laughs> Legal stuff. That's right. Lawyer
1: stuff. Yeah, I don't... Uh, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Help uh, well, me pull up my notes. I don't even have my notes up. <laughs> you need to pull up your notes. Seriously. So, what about the law? What are we What are okay, we talking well, about what, here? Are we talking about...
0: Well, what I... Um, the first five books of the Bible? Kind of had in mind... Well, that'll come into play. Okay, okay. Um, what I kind of had in mind was I heard a recent debate over uh, something called theonomy.
1: Theonomy. Yes. That's... Uh, that's... Theo Work on it out. Me. Yeah. Theo. Theo is... Uh, God. Yes. God. On me. Nomos. No, no, the... Theo non... No, no, nomos. Nomos. I, I don't know. Law. Okay. Is nomos law? Yes. Now I know. See, I've learned something new today. <laughs> I've never known that. So... Like, is uh, nomos in the Greek law? Is yes. The, okay. Yes. Okay, so... Or Greek or Latin? It's no, Greek. Greek. Yeah, it's
0: so, Greek. because, for example... Uh, it's autonomy. It is the opposite of autonomy. Oh. Autonomy says, "I regulate myself." Right.
1: I'm autonomous. On, yes.
0: On I have my own law. Right. I'm in my. I. I am a law unto myself.
1: So is it non-autonomy, or is it not? Not.
0: No theonomy. No, yeah. is,
1: theonomy. No, I mean, but.
0: Oh, the opposite. Um, yeah. Well. He, Okay, let's go ahead and get the definitions out of the way. (laughs)
1: Yeah, we need to.
0: Theonomy Uh is uh, from the word theos, which means God, and nomos, which means law, and it is the idea, I'm quoting Wikipedia here, it is the idea espoused by Christian reconstructionists, not (laughs) reformists. These are the opposite of reformers, by the way. That's right. Christian reconstructionists, that Mosaic law, should be observed by modern societies. Theonomists reject the the traditional reformed belief that the civil laws of the Mosaic law are no longer applicable. Huh. Okay, so that's theonomy. Now, the opposite, at least they will claim, the opposite of theonomy, besides autonomy, is antinomianism. Right. Okay. Antinomianism is the belief that there is no moral law God expects Christians to obey.
1: Anti against nom anti law. nomos. Yeah.
0: Anti nomina, nom, nomianism. And mm. and antinomianism takes a biblical teaching to an unbiblical conclusion, frankly. Uh-huh. So antinomianism is what we like to call cheap grace. Yeah. Or greasy grace. <laughs> <laughs> greasy grace is when you're not quite cheap grace Sure, it's, it's, <laughs> it's when you're getting close to cheap grace you can, wow. you, you can do almost everything <laughs> okay so the, the uh, part of what we want to look at is do you have to either reside in one camp or the other and that's one of the things that we always talk about in, in this is everyone right. wants to camp things up okay so like for example you're either a Calvinist or an Arminianist you can't be somewhere in the middle. Right. Okay. Well, um, I believe you can be somewhere in the middle of those things. And, I, and likewise, I believe the truth lies in the middle between the, what the the standpoint is and, to, and the antinomianism. So most people don't claim I'm an antinomianist. No,
1: no. Yeah. They, it, if they did, they, you know. It's,
0: it's a heretical term. So, I mean, so, so no one wants to be labeled that. So, uh, but the theonomists like to throw it out there because they claim, well, if you don't believe, you you can't trust God and then not obey his laws.
1: Yeah. Okay, so that's their whole point. And I would agree with that. So, well, but to a- they take it to... To a A certain extent. extent. So
0: part of what we want to talk about is what is law in reference to the scriptures, both Old Testament and New Testament. Right. Because one of the huge debates that lies between the theonomist and the non-theonomist, the reformers or wherever, um, is going to be um, this idea that God's law in the Old Testament was divided up into different categories yeah okay the theonomist says no that never happens in the bible there's no division law is law is law okay
1: right
0: and so therefore you can't you you can't chuck any of it out sure because it's all part of God's law and uh, so what I want to kind of do is go through okay first off the reformers will say no God's law is divided there is a ceremonial law there is a civil law, and there is a moral law.
1: Right. Okay.
0: So right. they base that on it's divided three ways. Yeah. So um, what, what what do you think about that? Do you think the law is divided into three categories? I don't think like you can like put on, put every law of God into one of these three categories.
1: I don't. Uh, I, I don't think th- there's a significant scriptural um, enough significant scriptural evidence that you can divide the law up. And in fact, I think the opposite is true. Um, I think that the law, the laws it's given, is is complete as a one unit as the law. Um, and the scripture I think I would use to, to argue that the laws is cannot be divided is um, when Paul says, um, "If you." If you is it Paul or, I can't remember who it is. It says if you obey uh, every every piece of the law except for one thing, you forfeit the law.
0: Oh yeah, it's James. James, <laughs> we've actually got that Thank you. that verse in our um, in our list of things here to I knew look it was at. Somebody uh, because that is one of the verses that theon- the- theonomist theonists will use um, is James two verse ten, yes. which says for whoever keeps them I in mean, ESV. Whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. So, um, yeah. so they'll they'll use that as one of the reasons why, just like you said, that it should not be divided. Um, I mean that makes sense to me. But part of how this is reconciled is <clears throat> is um, it's almost divided from a standpoint like reformers have traditionally a calvin for example right he defined this as the divisions of the law you know and he said
1: in his institutes he, yeah.
0: right and and this is done because of an from an anal, from an analytical standpoint from the new testament looking back right not you know god set it up this way
1: but it it just happened to fall this way well it almost seems like there's categories whenever you do look in, look in the old testament right right Uh, but even then, I mean, I don't think that, well, if you look at Jewish tradition, for example, Mm -hmm. they, they didn't divide the law up at all. No. And where do we get the law from?
0: And, but in fact, let's take that to the next level. The Jews considered the oral law, the Mishnah, just as bindable. Right. As the written law. The written law. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, whenever they were getting onto Jesus for, Healing on the Sabbath, yeah. or eaten with unwashing hands, or any of these things that are in their tradition—what Jesus calls the commandments of men—yeah, uh, but they didn't see it as the commandments of men. Right, they saw it as an extension of God's command: do no work in the Sabbath. Right, which is right there in the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, so to them. It's not the commandments of men. It's not. It's just as important, yeah, as any other part of the law because it is part of the law. To them.
1: Right. But, but <clears throat> my my argument is, you know, even though they they wrongly considered the Mishnah part of the law, mm-hmm. which it wasn't. It was. It's kind of like uh, taking the uh, the rules to Monopoly. And then writing five other books about how to obey the rules to monopoly. And that's what you have, you know, right. and you have to obey all of this. Well, when you live in an ultra-legalistic legalist, system, right.
0: you have to do that. Right. Because when God says a, a, a vague statement like, observe the Sabbath and, and do no holy. work yeah. in it, keep it holy. Yeah. What does that mean? Right. I mean So
1: what if my me, house is on fire. Right? What do I do? You what gotta if, give me yeah. a little more to go what on. What if my ox is
0: falling in a you know pit or. Right. And so the Pharisees being lawkeepers and being oh, yeah. and being so strict in the law, they had to, to make start rules defining the these rules. things. Yeah. And and they were they were uh they were sensical rules. For right. example, you're a carpenter, don't carry a hammer. Yeah. Okay? That way you know you're not doing work. Right. So I mean makes sense. It's easy for us with 2020 to look back and go oh those guys were goofed up they were adding to the law but the flip side is they were trying their hardest right to they it. were trying to follow the law of god and yeah. this was how they had constructed to do it and after generations of this it is hard to buck the system right when you've got a thousand years or two thousand well years i mean practice.
1: Just, for for a great example you just think <clears throat> if you go to a traditional church you think of the tradition you guys have mm-hmm. and how many of these things are not there's no biblical thing for yeah, any of Yeah, every it. church has their traditions. But sometimes. it's just, a, you know, well, we've done it this way. We've always done it this way, you know, and this is how we do it. It can't be, it can't be right to do it some other way. That's
0: right. Right. It has to be done this <laughs> way. And, and because it just feels weird. Yeah. That to not do it some way that you've always yeah, done it. This is just what we've done. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, you know, you can look at, like, Leviticus, the first chapter, first 13 verses there, uh, that is traditionally what is uh, an, an example of ceremonial law, right. because that passage tells us, or tells the Jews, how to offer sacrifices to do their ceremonies. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so uh, obviously, I don't know any Christian groups that still believe we must offer sacrifices, like of uh, sacrificial lambs at a te- at a temple.
1: But what would the uh the, the noms, or uh, I can't even say the word right. What do the, th- uh, yeah, theonoms say about that? Like, <laughs> the, the, the sacrifice? The theonominus? The uh, I,
0: I, I really can't speak for them because I haven't heard them answer that question. I mean, that's, um,
1: to me, that's a that's a killer for them. Right, because you know.
0: their biggest thing, what they lean on more than anything, is that um, the Old Testament gives clear laws about how the nation... Should govern. Okay. Calvin called this civil law. Right. Okay. Uh, for example, an unruly child can be stoned to death yeah. under that law. Right. Homosexuals can be stoned to death. Right. Adulterers can be stoned to death. Yeah. So you can be killed for witchcraft. I mean, there's all these things in the Old Testament that sure. was part of the law of Israel that was given to them through God. And the phenomenist the will want to say that our goal as Christians needs to be the reinstatement of those laws in our government because without it, we're in disobedience to God. Hmm. So, <laughs> so in fact, even if you really get into it a little bit, you start to find out that this is also tied to their view of millennium because they're post-millennialist, which is a strange view. Uh, you don't uh, hear very much. Yeah. Uh, you got premillennialists, which believe that... The
1: rapture that, happens before, and then... Yeah. Well, you have yeah, that 7 years tribulation, and then Jesus comes back, and... Yeah,
0: and that Jesus that reigns, reigns for a
1: thousand years. Reigns
0: for a thousand years. years. Uh, the amillennialists the, believe that this does not happen at there all. Is no
1: thousand year, there
0: is no thousand-year. There
1: is no thousand-year reign. Post-millennialist the
0: post-millennialists believes, believe that Jesus is going to reign after, after the thousand, the thousand years. years. Right. And so their take is that... Uh, that this is the bar that that God has set. And in, until we get our governments practicing the civil laws right. instituted in the Old Testament,
1: Jesus will not come back. That that is the benchmark. So we've got to do that. Well, <laughs> yeah. what do they do looking at our society today? So, I mean, that's... <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, they, they want uh, laws passed to deal with... Uh, with the same types of things that were in the Old Testament. How do you do that
1: with a fallen world? Yeah, it's a good, good question. But uh, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. <clears throat> anyway, sorry. So there, <laughs> and,
0: I, and I didn't want this to be all about theonomy, right? Uh, because the, the reason why I kind of brought it into it is because it's a popular thing going right now. It's in fact they see themselves as the Martin Luther's and the John Calvin's of today. They see uh. themselves. The Reconstructionists, Christian Reconstructionists, we are going to reconstruct this back to the way God intended it to be, and their view of that is back to Old Testament law. And uh, now, here's the the interesting thing: they will not hang salvation on Old Testament law. So they still claim you are saved by by faith through uh, by grace through faith, uh, but the mark of the, the sanctification the fruits of that right is this wow. to to go back to obedience of law
1: well let's go back a little bit you you asked me the question uh do you believe that the law can be divided up what about you <laughs> um i tend to think
0: that um not really but not from the standpoint that they
1: Okay. Or taking it.
0: Because I'm not quite in the same place as, the, as most reformers who want to... Because basically, here's the reformer view. Uh, moral law still exists. Moral law being what we hear in the Ten Commandments. Uh, thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. I mean, these are things that have to do with your personal morality. Um, but civil law and ceremonial law were done away at the cross. Right. Okay. So all the passages in the New Testament that talk about the doing away of the law, you're no longer under law, et cetera, et cetera, all those verses are referring to civil and ceremonial law. Yeah. But they're not referring to moral law. Okay. My take on that is a little different because uh, there is there's something that we're not that we're forgetting in this whole argument, and this 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 is something that gets forgotten in tons of these arguments where there's uh, opposing sides, and the thing that we're forgetting is the spirit of grace, that's my, the spirit of love, the spirit in general. That's my whole point. It, the Holy Spirit is the answer to all of this. Regenerated, yeah. regenerated heart. That's the answer to the whole thing. Right. So, um, because let me look at some. I'm going to read some verses here that sh- that that look to both sides. Okay. Of this argument, because you can. If you have an axe to grind, you can always go find verses that you want.
1: Oh sure. To to, to it's to, called exeg or it's called isegesis And it you know it's everybody does it. Yes, it's it's where points. you
0: already have your mind made up. That's right. Now let's go find some verses to th- prove your that point. Prove what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, instead of trying to read it all as a whole and glean from it what the whole of it says. Right. Okay. So let's look at. Scriptures that we could read that make us think, okay, the theonomists are, 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 are right. Not right, just the yeah. theonomists, but there are others that believe that, that we're still bound to law, just not maybe the ceremonial law or maybe not the... like. There are there are all kinds of people in this spectrum. You've got people that, that don't do sacrifices, but they do dietary law. Yeah. Or we've got people that keep Sabbath, Christians who keep Sabbath, but they don't... Uh, but they but they don't hold to the civil laws, right? They don't believe you you need to stone an adulterer, but they but they'll still uh, do. They they still hold to uh, the Passover or other feast as being something that's required, that's something that we that we should be doing. So that you've got all this different spectrum there's a Hebrew roots movement out there. The Hebrew roots movement is they're Christians and they believe they're saved through Jesus Christ and his, and his grace and his, his death on the cross. But once again, like the theonomists, they believe that the response to that is, okay, God wouldn't have said these things were unclean if they weren't unclean. So therefore I'm still not going to eat them. And so they go back to, to this dietary law. Um, However, I think that whenever you go there when you're so focused on law that you're forgetting
1: what it was all there for to begin with. I mean, to me again, I, I just I keep going back to the book of Galatians. Yeah, over and over on this whole a lot thing. I
0: got a lot of passages from there because
1: this that whole <coughs> book addresses this thing quite quite well (laughs) right you know well
0: and and there's so many ways to split the law you've got like we said the reformers split it into civil um they split it into uh ceremonial and moral but aside from that you can also split it different directions you can split it pre-mosaic law okay for example sacrifices you just asked me the question when was the first uh sacrificial offering yeah when when did that happen before Moses. Before Moses, that's right. Okay, so it was not part of the the law that came. It was a pre-existing law. Right.
1: In fact, you see Moses sacrificing before he's given, uh, you know. You got Abraham doing this. That's that. right, Abraham you, doing it. And, and you
0: got Abraham. That's the institution of uh, circumcision. Right. That happens prior to Moses. Yeah. So you've got all these things that are pre-Mosaic law. Yeah. Uh, So you could divide it up this way. You've got pre-Mosaic law, you've got the Decalogue or the Ten Commandments, uh, the Mosaic law, and then the Oral law. So you can divide these things up into different groups. And a lot of people divide up the Ten Commandments separately based on that argument, that they were separated physically. They were put in the Ark of the Covenant. Right. But the rest of it wasn't uh, because it was considered more sacred or whatever. So anyway, let's look at um, ideas or verses that we've got to try and figure out what they're saying and okay. what context they're saying it in. So I'm still reading from the ESV. Uh, 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 uh, is a very popular verse. We all can quote it pretty much. It says, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Yeah. Okay. Uh, obviously, Paul is not talking about his writings no. when he was writing to Timothy.
1: This is not about the New Testament. It's He's about talking the about Testament. the Old
0: Testament. Mm-hmm. So that was what he was referring to. Now, it doesn't mean we can't infer that this was extrapolated onto the New Testament. Right. But in context, at this
1: context, at that he time, is referring, referring to, to the, the Old, Old Testament, Testament scriptures.
0: Yeah. And so the, the argument being, see right here, Paul is telling them to use the scriptures, which are uh, there's tons of law. In the
1: scriptures. Well, yeah, the first five books, man.
0: (laughs) So this is one verse that that gets used for that. Sure. Uh, Here's a big one. Matthew 5, verse uh, 17. This is Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount. Oh, yeah. He says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Yes. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one iota or a dot, Will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Yes. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So, um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> context is so, everything here. Okay,
0: yes. But listen to what Jesus is saying. This is it makes sense where they're coming from. It makes sense how they can read this right. and think oh, sure. what we're talking if about. If you
1: look at this nakedly, it says that basically the law is the law and you don't take away and from it. nothing's changed from nothing's it. Changed it's from never
0: it. going to change. It's, no. it, and, and if anyone teaches that you don't do any of these commandments... Okay, now I'm going to play devil's advocate here from the theonomist standpoint. Okay. It doesn't say uh, whoever relaxes one of the Ten Commandments... Doesn't say that. Or relaxes one of the civil commandments. Doesn't say that. It says the least of these commandments. So no matter how minute the commandment was, you could argue that Jesus is saying it's still bindable.
1: Yeah. To us. So Well, okay. So <laughs> do you want to I mean I can play How did first off you have to look at what he says in 17, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law of the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. How does he Correct. fulfill the law and the prophets? What does he do to fulfill that? His sacrifice on the cross. That's right. And how basically, what in other words, he provides a way for us to be free from the law, which is the fulfillment, the purpose of the right. law. Right. In other words, if you were born to do something, and you completed what you were born to do, what is it called? You're fulfilled. Right. Period. And that's what the law was meant to do. It was was meant to bring people to Christ. Again. And then he says, For surely I say unto you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one iota, not one dot, will pass away from the law until all is accomplished. Okay? What he's saying here is the fact that those who are not under grace are still under what? They're under the law. Yeah. Right? right. And it is still accomplishing its purpose, which is, according to Galatians, <laughs> to tutor people unto grace. Right. Then he says, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven, but whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Okay. This is really interesting here. And again, he's not dividing up the law, but I don't think you even have to divide up the law to understand what he's, what he's trying to convey here. What he's saying is, um, if you relax these commandments, then what does it mean for grace? Mm-hmm. It means that you don't need grace. Right. It's it's There's no point for grace. But if you look and you see these commandments as law and the reality that they're put there and we have to obey every single one of them in order to well be um, the people that Christ calls us to be... And We need that grace. You're absolutely nailing like
0: my my take on this whole right. verse. Yeah. I mean I can see where the argument comes from. Yeah. But that being said, the law's not gone. The no. law still exists. Oh yeah. The question is whether I'm under it. Right. Or whether or not Christ is covering it for me, yeah, and and Christ is 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 His righteousness that is yeah that that is fulfilling it. It's still there. It's still it's still just as evil in God's eyes to kill somebody
1: exactly. as it ever has been. Yeah, um, and again with the sanctification thing, if you look at it from a sanctification standpoint, here's the deal with sanctification: you have to understand that sanctification comes after justification. Mm-hmm. Justification, you are positionally perfect. Before God the Father. When God the Father looks on you, he does not see David Gaddy. He doesn't see Jeremiah or he sees Jesus Christ completely covered. Mm -hmm. Right? So positionally perfect. Doesn't mean that you're really perfect. It means that you're going to start working on sanctification. But you don't have to obey every letter of the law in order to become perfect.
0: Or you don't have to... You, you don't have to accomplish right everything. So uh, I, I think one of the big tells in this passage is the next verse, in verse 20. Okay. Because he says, for I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the <laughs> scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And everybody goes, crap! What? <laughs> <laughs> Who can do it? Because they were perceived as the law keepers.
1: Yeah. And then what does he do? He goes on and he's like, hey, you've heard it said not to murder i tell you if you hate your brother in your heart you've committed murder right he's pointing out so, the fact that they can't do it
0: his his righteousness in in uh we'll get to uh like second corinthians it talks about his righteousness yes. is what is gifted to us amen so uh that's why that's how our righteousness can can exceed that of the scribes and Pharisees that's right it's not our performance that does that it's jesus's performance yes. that does that yes Okay, so, uh, but you're blowing my whole...
1: I'm sorry, my whole I didn't mean to do that. theonomic... But I'm going, that's... Argument. Okay, so,
0: <laughs> John 14, verse 15. Okay. Uh, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Yes. Uh, John 15, verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Yes. Just as I have kept my Father's commandment and abide in his love. Uh, James 2.10, we read that a while ago. For whosoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point... Is accountable for all of it. Um, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 9 and 10. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Mm. Okay, so these are all passages, and this is just a short list. There's tons of them, that uh, that when we read them as an island all by themselves, we can get the idea sure. that we're still bound to the law. Right. Okay. Uh, however, um, part of the things that people do is they pit these verses against one another. Yeah. My verse trumps your verse, that type of thing. <laughs> well, Jesus was the one who spoke in Matthew five. Right. So yeah. that trumps Romans
1: six and 14. <laughs> Cause the, Paul spoke that. Cause
0: Romans six and 14 says for For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law, but under under grace. grace. Okay, so all of a sudden you've got what seems to be contradiction. Yeah. Jesus saying the law is never going away, and that until the end of the world it's going to exist. Paul saying uh, that you are no longer under law, you are now under grace. And so uh, which one weighs the most you both know? and that's kind of right <laughs> instead of looking at it as, oh yeah. as they, how they do know. these how can these verses work together instead we're looking at it like well this one trumps this one that one can't mean what it says right because Jesus said exactly. this. Okay, but let's, let's go through a lot, uh, a lot more here. And I'm doing these out of order, like on purpose, okay. because I want us to hear it out of context. Gotcha. Because that's part of the problem. Sure. We're not reading the Bible. We're reading a bunch of verses. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Romans 7 verse 6 says, But now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive, so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit and not in the old way of written code. Okay, so that sounds pretty clear. Yeah, Uh, it is clear. Colossians 2, verse 13 to 23, uh, and I'm not going to read all of those, but uh, verse 13 says, And you who are dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it, To the cross. We jump down a little bit. He says, Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food or drink or with regard of a festival or a new moon or Sabbath. These are a shadow of things to come, but the substance belongs Mm -hmm. to Christ. Let no one disqualify you insisting on asceticism and worshiping of angels, going into detail about visions puffed up without reason by a sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head from which the whole body nourishes and knits together through its joints and ligaments and grows with a growth that is from God. If with Christ you have died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you were alive to the world, Do you submit to regulations, (laughs) do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, referring to things that are perished with using according to human precepts and teachings. These have indeed the appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Mm. Okay, so uh, Paul's making a huge point here. That law has its place to teach you what's right and what's wrong, right. but it can't fix you. It can't fix your problem. You have this inherent fleshly problem, and your indulgence of the flesh is going to continue even though you're going through the motions of the obeying law, yeah.
1: things in the law. And so... Um, and so, I can't help but <clears throat> think just looking at that and going, okay, how many of these festivals and uh, uh, you know sacrifices... We're alluding to Jesus in in the Old Testament.
0: Well, yeah, that's that, and that's what he says there, right? Right. That It was all shadows of things to come. Exactly. It was all about Jesus.
1: And now that Jesus has come, we he's
0: fulfilled all fulfilled that. Fulfilled it. Yeah. And and so now we enjoy the same things, but instead of doing it through the ritual, we do it through him. Through him, yes. And it's a perfect Sabbath is the perfect example yeah. of that. We still keep the Sabbath, just right. not the same way that the Jews kept it. Exactly. So because now. We keep the Sabbath by resting in Christ, yeah. because He says, "Come to Me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest." rest. Hebrews four says, "There's a new Sabbath, and it's called today, yes. because every day you are in rest." That's right. So, um, so it's not that we don't care about the Sabbath or we don't obey it anymore, or that the, that law doesn't exist anymore. That law still exists. We're just been—it's both been fulfilled in. The person of Jesus Christ. Exactly. Amen. And so, therefore, we celebrate that law in our rest in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, but there's so many others. Um, Galatians three. There's tons in Galatians because the whole, like you said, the whole book is about their problem specifically with circumcision, which right. was part of the law. Yeah. And he says, "Let me ask you this: Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing of faith? Are you so foolish?" having begun by the spirit wow. you are now perfected by the flesh so in other words is <laughs> oh, your foolish is your keeping a bunch of laws <laughs> yeah. that's a physical thing are you going to be perfected in that whenever the healing power mm. and everything that came from the gospel of Jesus Christ happened from the spirit amen and uh so he's like you're 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 trading in something that's beautiful and perfect for something that's imperfect right and something that you can't accomplish in in its entirety
1: right verse 5 did does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by the hearing with faith? Right. The reality is it's, it's, not, it's not by setting down these commandments. It's by living in community with Christ, having the Holy Spirit. And you see, this is, I watched, a, there's a really good book called The Naked Gospel. Uh, and I forget who wrote it, but... It's basically, it's all about this, living mm-hmm. by the Spirit. Um, and the point is, you know, we like so much having these written laws because it, it's almost cut and dry. Well, yeah. I'm not going to do this, not going to do this, it's, not going to do it this.
0: It becomes clear to us. Yes. Instead the rights of, and the wrongs.
1: Instead of having a relationship, you know, which mm-hmm. is which is what Christianity is all about. It's, it's actually having a relationship and letting somebody guide you yes. in it. And you know what? And when, wanting to grow in that relationship right. so that
0: as we as we go into our sanctification process, as we're co-
1: drawing closer to God, we become more like Christ. Exactly. We follow in his steps. He talks. He communes with us. We yeah. listen to him and follow him. And that's what it's about. It's not following a dead set of rules. It's about having a relationship. Mm-hmm. And you know, it actually demands more on us. Oh, it yeah. actually demands that we submit ourselves and, and listen to the Spirit. And, so, you know, well. If we look at, uh,
0: let's let's continue in Galatians. Yeah. Galatians 3 verse 10 says, For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. Mm-hmm. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. So now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law. For the righteous shall live by faith. Amen. But the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Um, so then later on in verse 23, now before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. But then the law was our then the law was our guardian until Christ came in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under this guardian. Amen. Okay, so this is uh, King James uses the word schoolmaster. Okay, because they were the one in the Task same. Taskmaster. Yeah. yeah, they were the one in the same under the uh, Jewish uh, how how the family operated. Right. Is you had this guardian, this nanny who was also your teacher, <laughs> yeah. and all that sort of thing, and and up to a certain point, that person tootle you know you went through their tutelage until you got to the point to where. Um, you didn't, you didn't need, need, need it anymore. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's the pattern he's showing here. The law was something that would teach us what God wants. Right. It would teach us what we can't do. It would, right. it would teach us our insufficiencies and all this sort of thing. It's perfect when we look at our, our family at home. If you have a, a good family relation, relationship with, say, your father. Yeah. So, like, as a child, uh, you had a different way of obeying your father. Yeah, I mean, I obeyed my dad because he carried a big stick, right? Yep. I would get wore out, you know? And, and, uh, and so if, if I started to do something wrong, all dad had to do is look at me the right way, and it was like, no, okay, I'm, I'm, I ain't touching him. I ain't doing it, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and so fear, is from a frightening standpoint, is a huge part of that. And what do we see in the Old Testament? We see that type of teaching, that type of, of relationship happening. Yes. But then as I got older, as I became a man, my father still commands me. Sure. In in all kinds of aspects. He could tell me to do anything, and I would gladly go do it. But not because I'm afraid he's going to spank me still.
1: Because you love
0: him. But because I love him now, and right. I understand what a family, what a relationship with a father is. Right. And so that is what... What he's talking about here. We've graduated Amen. from the point where law was what was required to keep us in line yeah. to a place where now love should keep you in line. And I'm getting way ahead of my final point, but <laughs> <coughs> uh, jumping in Galatians five, the first few verses. There it says, yes. "It says for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery." Mm. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision. Christ will be of no advantage to you. (laughs) I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. Mm. Okay, this is a big one. And this is where the term fallen from grace comes from. And everyone misinterprets fallen from grace. Falling from grace doesn't mean uh, slipping away from God's, from God's good graces. Right. What it means is you, are becoming de- you have become bound by something else. Yeah. You're not leaning, you're not leaning on grace. You're yeah. leaning on the law. your ability yeah. to keep
1: the law. You're going from grace. You're turning and rejecting it, and you're going to the law saying that this is going to make me <laughs> yeah. holy. And see, this is one big one for me of
0: why I don't think the law is divided, the old law. Yeah. Because to me, this, this this is kind of talking about. Look, if you're going to keep one part of it, if even one part of it is 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 overly important to you that you have to keep it, then yeah. you're you're not leaning on Christ at all. You're leaning on your ability yeah. to keep this thing. So so if we even look at um, the even the Ten Commandments, and uh, of course I I think that. Um, um, the point here goes back to regeneration. Yeah. And that's the that's to me where the rubber meets the road. It, has your heart been changed by this? Has Jesus changed you? Right. That's the question. Because the life, what was he say in Galatians? The life which I now live in the flesh, yeah. I live by the faith of the Son of God. Right. Who loved me and, and gave, gave himself, himself for me. For me. Amen. That is what my life is now yes it's not it's no longer focused on sin it's no longer because okay what, keeping a
1: ledger it's not about that well
0: both sides of this argument okay so we've read verses that talk about keeping commandments and keeping laws mm-hmm. we've read verses that talk about not being under law anymore but what we haven't really touched on except for in our conversation is what's in between there which is how the person changes yeah to basically do what the law wanted you to do to begin with right but now you're not doing it out of obligation to law but you're doing it
1: out of love well and and what is it what is it that changes in a person whenever he comes to, comes to Christ and is regenerated what is it that makes him that new creation mm-hmm it's it's the Holy Spirit dwelling in him, right? It's it's actually Christ in you, in you, Which doing exactly the law what, for you. This is exactly what Paul said <laughs> exactly. in Galatians, and you know, and that's the point. It, it, it's having faith that He who began a good work in you will mm-hmm. carry it out into fr- fr- fruition, and uh, you know.
0: So okay, for example, Romans 6, yes. first few verses there says, "What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin?" That grace may abound? Certainly not. By no means. Heck no. (laughs) Whatever (laughs) strong, harsh language you can throw in there. No.
1: (laughs) How can we
0: who died to sin still live in it? Uh. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Okay, so we might walk in newness of life. Now, one thing we've got to be careful not to do is take these verses and say, okay, that just nullified everything he said in Romans 5 <laughs> or Romans 4. Or Romans 4 and Romans 5 can't mean what it says it means because he says right Romans here. 6, yeah. Okay, it, he's not preaching antinomianism in chapters 4 and 5. No. He's preaching that salvation comes through Jesus' righteousness instead of yours. Right. And then in verse in chapter 6, he answers the hypothetical question he knew would be natural to ask. That's right. Because the natural response to this... Well, then we can do whatever we want. I can do anything. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. with No repercussions. Yeah. He's going to forgive me anyway. I might as well just go ahead. Okay, if that's where you're at...
1: Then you haven't been saved by grace. You
0: have not been regenerated right. in your heart. You are not follower of of Christ. Right. And it doesn't mean that you won't sin. It just means that when you do...
1: It tears you up. Yeah. Man, it just, from the inside out, you you just can't stand yourself. Well, how in the world can somebody who has Christ indwelling them, which is what happens at regeneration, sin or want to sin or have, you know, or enjoy Relish their sin, right? There's no way. What happens is, is they sin and they they can't stand it, and yes, it's a you know it's an affront to You us. respond
0: just like Paul did in the seventh chapter,
1: exactly. A Romans is man so than I am. Romans is so important. Oh man, because
0: it it, it clearly defines what the gospel is and yeah. the power of it, as yeah. he says there in chapter one verse sixteen. It is the power unto salvation, amen. And he says, I'm not ashamed of that, mm-hmm. and it and it's not about keeping a bunch of rules it's about leaning on Jesus's uh, righteousness and then letting that change my heart to such a degree yeah. that now I can't stop myself i am on fire for god i'm serving him i'm obeying and if we now in that point of view if we go back and look at some of these verses that uh that were used against uh this argument of uh, John fourteen and fifteen, if you love me, you, you will keep, keep my commandments. commandments. Of course, he's not saying, if you keep my commandments, then I'll accept you. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, if you love me,
1: yeah.
0: you will change. Yeah. You will be a different person, and you will do all these things that I am that I'm telling you to do. Now, I want you to, as a challenge. Go look at everything. Try to num- number what Jesus commanded. People to do. Uh, you will not find. You will not find some uh, liturgical, L- Levitical type of, of list of commands to no. follow. What you're gonna find is statements about love, principles
1: about love, and that's what how to need. treat people. The new to, commandment I give you: love right love God and love others. And that's that's really. I mean, and everything flows from that. And it, it's a it's a gospel centric living yes once you realize what christ has done for you and you look at look at your life through the lens of the gospel then everything else falls into place it's not about keeping the law it's it's about loving right it's 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 not that
0: okay now i i will accept jesus and now he's covered me and i'll show up to church a couple of times a week maybe or at least once. Maybe. Right. Maybe two or three I'll times a year. i keep my checklist. Did I? Whatever.
1: Bring my Bible check. And did I? It, 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 this is about
0: a life-changing event right. that where you, you – that's what repentance means. That's yeah. what repent means. 180-degree turn. Yeah. I'm somebody else. I'm changing. Um You hit a great thing, uh, a a verse that I'd like to to pick up on in John 15. We read verse 10 earlier. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Yes. Okay, so now stop and think about this for a minute. First off, his Father's commandments were huge. Oh, yeah. Right? Right. I mean it was like all the law every yeah. all of that stuff and Jesus kept it all. Yeah. And he says, "I have kept my father's commandments." He doesn't say if you keep my father's commandments. That's not what he says. He says if you keep my commandments. Yeah. So once again, we'll go back and go back and look and see what Jesus is commanding us to do. It all has to do with serving people. Mm-hmm. Okay, but if we continue, let's not stop at verse 10. Verse 11 says, "These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full this is my commandment that you love one another as i have loved you you see we're not we're not continuing the narrative here that when he says keep my commandments this is what he's talking about right love one another greater love has no man than someone lays down their life and he continues on all that and okay james 2 i want to go back to that one too sure James 2, for whosoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. If we read that by itself, it means right the opposite of what it means in context. Right. Because if we look at what he's saying, verse 9 says, if you show partiality, uh, you are committing sin and convicted by the law as transgressors for whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. Yeah. So he's saying... If you're judging somebody else and looking at them and calling them out because they're a transgressor, you in you are becoming a transgressor. Right. And if you're a transgressor, then they're a transgressor. Everybody's transgressing.
1: And his point is everybody has
0: transgressed. Right. And if you continue to read, what does he say? He says, for whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not commit murder. If you commit adultery, but do not murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. Right. So, here's the continuing of the the, 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 the nail in the coffin. Yeah. So, speak and act as those who have been judged under a law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to who has shown no mercy.
1: Oh, my and goodness.
0: mercy triumphs over judgment. Amen. So his whole point is quit condemning other people because if you're going to condemn somebody else, God is going to hold you accountable in the exact same manner that you're holding somebody else accountable. Right. What he says is, he's, he says, act like someone who's actually received a little bit of mercy. Act like someone who's actually living under a law of liberty, yeah. which is totally different than a law of commands. Amen. Okay. So anyway, uh, l- looking at all those um the the final thing that we need to 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 get our heads around is that that regenerated heart produces something it produces love yeah and and whenever we when we an, go into these questions about obedience to to law the answer is what do you want to do what is your love where where is your heart at where
1: it's not you know I can do whatever i want to do the answer you know the the reply of course is what is it you want to do yes yeah. where
0: is where is your heart in all this is right. it to serve god um in um <clears throat> let's see let's I don't want to read all these um galatians 5
1: yeah, verse that's, 14 that's what i keep going
0: says for. for the whole law is fulfilled in one word yes you shall love your neighbor as yourself yeah
1: And Galatians 5 is a really good picture of what the Spirit breathes into you. Uh, It talks about, you know, judging your fruit. Mm -hmm. It gives you the fruit right here. And it's, everything goes, all of the fruit of the Spirit goes back to love. Right. Right? That's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All those things are outflowing from love. From the Spirit. From the Spirit. That's right. And that's, I mean, that is our, yes. that's what sanctifies us. That's our sanctification.
0: Uh, Galatians 6, verse 2 says, bear one another's burdens Mm. and so fulfill the law of Christ. Christ. Okay, so we're starting to see a pattern emerge here. Um, Romans 13, um, and I don't, let me pull that one up real quick. Because I think that one's uh, very important to pull in. Uh, Oops, Romans 13 and verse 8. It says, do not owe people anything except always owe love to each other, because the person who loves others has obeyed all the law.
1: Mm.
0: The law says you must not be guilty of adultery. You must not murder anyone. You must not steal. You must not want to take your neighbor's things. All these commandments and all others are really only one rule. Love your neighbor as you love yourself, love never hurts a neighbor. So loving is obeying Amen. all of the law.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. So this so goes So a golden rule. Is, yes. I mean, so this so goes cool. right back to the Ten Commandments. Yeah. So people will say, "Well, why are we under nine of the Ten Commandments, but we don't have to keep the Sabbath?" <laughs> That's a narrow, myopic view of of law and grace. Because what it, what it says here is that I'm not not killing somebody because there's a law written on stone somewhere. Yes, that taught me what God wants about killing people. But the reason why now, as a mature person who's been uh, justified and is being sanctified by Christ, now I don't kill somebody simply because I love them.
1: I don't have a desire to. I could not do it. And A a great uh, analogy of this would be an an unruly child versus a child who uh, who is controlled, right? Mm-hmm. What do you do with an unruly child? You give him cut and dried laws.
0: Yep, you gotta give him a bunch of rules. You Otherwise, give him a bunch of rules, and mm-hmm. this is
1: what you do. Steps. Step, because he step, doesn't want to serve. That's right. He wants no. to see what he can get away with. Exactly. But whenever this child is brought under control, whenever he's broken right mhm it's a natural outpouring of of who he who he becomes you don't have to give him a bunch of rules anymore you just watch him naturally do what he's supposed right. to be doing
0: or it's it's like those invisible fences you put in your yard for the dog yeah you know, whenever you put these invisible fences, the way they work is you bury this electrical line under the ground where you want the, the fence to be. Right. And then you put a collar on the dog. And the, coll- and the dog gets close to the fence, it starts shocking him. Right. Okay? Don't go past this point. That's the point of no return. Yeah. Okay? So, but after a while, once the dog gets shocked enough... Then you get to the point to where you can turn the collar off, you can take the collar off of him, you can remove, you can turn the power off of the fence, and he will still stay where he 's supposed to be right and that 's because he has learned and he has yeah. he, he now uh has been trained, and that 's part of what we 're doing is we 're being trained under uh grace yeah and and how to serve and how to love Amen. and so and of course, we can 't talk about all this without jesus' words himself if we want to go back to Well, Jesus said it, and it trumps everything else. Right. (laughs) Matthew 22, uh, this lawyer comes up and asks him the question to test him. He says, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and the second is like, like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Amen. So, the key wow. to understanding law is understanding love. Amen. That's really what it boils down to. Whew. Anything else on that? Man, I tell you. Uh, you ready to be a, th- theon- uh, a theonomist?
1: No, I'm ready to, uh, <laughs> to tell them <laughs> to love one another. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. It's yeah, if
0: you, uh, if you get bored enough, jump onto YouTube sometime and just type in theonomy debate. Oh, yeah, I bet. <laughs> You'll see people, like, arguing, is the law divided? The law's not divided, and blah, 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 you know, all this stuff. And, wow. Yeah, but anyway, I thought it was a fun study and something that, uh, because I go back to this, I do think regeneration and love is, is the, um, one of the most neglected Amen. Uh, uh, doctrines of the bible and it is one of the most important because it's what
1: defines you that's right right next to living by the spirit understanding the, the holy spirit's role in your life i mean that is a huge thing that needs to be taught i believe in our churches mm-hmm. uh francis Chan's book the forgotten god is a really good book to you know just get a really good grasp on that right. so uh just one i recommend but absolutely right uh man it's a it's a needed topic to be talked about in our, in our churches today. So,
0: yep. We need to, to, get to the point to where the the question of what must I do is not as important as what must I be? Amen. Because, uh, who you are on the inside comes out on the outside. That's right. And if all you're doing is going through a, a bunch of hoops and rules in order to meet a bunch of requirements so that you can get to heaven, you are missing the point of the whole thing. Because yeah. the point of the whole thing is about you have a father, That's right. you have a relationship, and you have a love that is surpasses everything. And all he wants is for you to have that love for him and for other people. And when that happens, man, that fixes everything. Amen. So... The Theonauts are part of the Great Commission Transmission Network, using new media and social networking to go in all the world and proclaim the good news to everyone. To find out more, visit us at gctnetwork.com or you can go to theonautspodcast.com. Subscribe to the newsletter uh, at gctnetwork.com to stay up to date with all the latest from our shows, including our friends over at Finding Christ in Cinema.
1: There are several ways to contact us and leave us face back. Face Face back. Face back. To leave us feedback. Sorry. (laughs) Send us email at. to the The Theonauts at gctnetwork.com. I'll get that right You know, one one of these
0: times, I guess I'm just going to have to put The Theonauts Theonauts. as an alternative email It might need, you know. (laughs) There's probably all kinds of bouncing emails out (laughs) there.
1: There really are. Call us on our voicemail line, 972-885-7270. Listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast catcher. And don't forget to leave us comments there and rate us.
0: Tweet to us on Twitter using at Theonautical. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Theonauts.
1: Follow us on Instagram at Theonauts. Don't forget to tune in again to explore the vast reaches of God's word with us.
0: And you know what I forgot to do? Oh, man. I forgot to read from my Confessions of Faith.
1: That's so sad.
0: So here we go. What is the moral law? The moral law is the declaration of the will of God to mankind, directing and binding everyone to personal perfect and perpetual conformity and obedience thereunto in the frame and disposition of the whole man soul and body and in performance of all those duties of holiness and righteousness which he owes to god and man promising life upon the fulfilling and threatening death upon the breach of it thanks for being here jeremiah i feel
1: so much smarter (laughs) thank you david
0: This has been the Knotts Podcast. Call us with your questions or comments at 972 885 7270. That's 972 885
1: 7270. We'd love to hear from you. You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your Great Commission. This is your Great Commission transmission. At gctnetwork.com. This is your great Commission transmission.